Today on Locked On Canadians, it's been a long time since we've had a win in which we can say multiple nice things about multiple Canadians players. And that's coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 767 of Locked On Canadians, and we thank you for making us your first listen of the day. As you know, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube, so please subscribe, like, share, tell your friends. My name is Laura Sab, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Scott Matla, who I think is doing a victory dance. Is that, is that what's going on there, Scott? It's been such a long time, and I know that they've had good games recently, but this feels like the first time in a long time that the effort got the result that it deserved in a positive way. We've seen them get the the result they deserve by playing like crap, see the Seattle game and the Washington Capitals game and a whole bunch of other stuff. The Canadians coming into Tuesday night, the Winnipeg Jets, no pun intended, flying high, top of the Western Conference, getting Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti back, seemingly running full power. The Montreal Canadiens, no Jake Evans, no Uri Slavkovsky, no Jonathan Drouin, no Yoel Armia, playing 11 forwards, three of which are AHL call-ups on emergency recall because of it, and Mike Matheson returning from injuries. They went out there and absolutely silenced the Jets. They left them grounded like they're at the non-existent Winnipeg airport. And honestly, it was, it was, I, I love it. I love to see this. And we have so many people to get into in this game and other things to cover, but I know the tank and this and that and whatever good results or good efforts should yield good results or positive results in some way, shape or form. There is such a thing as good damage, and it's an article that I'm working on at Eyes on the Prize as I have time to do it. This was a perfect example of that, that you put the tank aside for a night and go, that ruled because it showed a lot of potential of what this Canadian's roster can do when they're playing at their best. So we haven't done this in a while. So normally we'll do a game recap and then we'll do like some other topics. But today... We've got like one tiny other topic that we're going to talk about. And then we're just going to shout out good things that happened in the game just because it's been so long since this has happened. So we're just going to enjoy the win. We're going to be chill. It's not that deep. We're not going to like freak out about the tank. We're just going to shout out great players. Like, do you remember back in the day, like if you've been listening for a long time, when the Canadians would win games and then we would talk about like all the good things that happened in those games? That hasn't happened in so long. So this is what, what a we're depressing do. thought. Do you remember when the Canadians won games? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you've been around for a long time, do you remember like like in the playoffs we would spend whole segments just talking about like one guy? We're not going to do that today. We've got multiple guys to talk about, but really quickly, we're going to go through a, a quick injury report. Uh, as we know, uh, Uri Slavkovsky 
is on the IR, as is now Yoel Armia, after being elbowed in the hips by Jacob Truba. He took a kidney shot, rib shot uh, from Captain Flying Elbow over there. People are obviously not happy about it. And yeah, we have given Yoel Armia a lot of stick on this. He got put on IR because a former teammate of his elbowed him in the ribs because he wasn't going to hit his check properly. Um, obviously, Jake Evans is still on IR, and Jonathan Drouin is, I believe, day-to-day with an upper body injury. We know Brendan Gallagher is on IR, to not speak anything of, obviously, Carey Price and Paul Byron. Uh, and Sean Monahan, who was... Yes, and Sean Monahan, who was transferred to LTIR. But uh, someone on Twitter pointed it out earlier is that that's retroactive December 6th. It's very likely that Monaghan is closer to a return than we're thinking. The Canadians just could not activate him and also make their recalls due to cap space on this team right now. So they let him get a little bit more time to recuperate and they're going to manage their cap stuff here a little bit. And I think Sean Monaghan should be back in the relative near future, but the Canadians injury situation is not great and neither is their cap situation, all things considered because of it. But um, it's going to be interesting, but that's why they have John Sedgwick, who was very good at this kind of thing. I'm very curious to see how they uh, juggle their way through this now. It is going to be interesting. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for Sean Monaghan to be back. So I hope it happens sooner rather than later. Uh Kind of a shame about Jonathan Drew <laughs> stringing together a few good games and then and then getting injured. But uh, now we're going to turn our attention to positives in the game. And I think we're going to start with Semyon Montembeau, who in wins is apparently a monster. Scott, you did a little bit of math slash research. Uh, yeah, so I didn't do any math. The folks at ESPN did the math here. Uh <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to claim credit for it on this podcast because it's been a long time since we've been like, here's good things that happened that weren't like one-offs on the season. Now, if uh, the math is to be believed, Samuel Montembeau is up to nine, seven and two, nine is his new high in career wins, which I know is not a lot, but he was primarily a backup and he is up to a nine twelve save percentage on the year uh, against the Jets, nine sixty two save percentage, obviously one goal against In his last, let's see now, his last five games, in a loss to Seattle, 9-25. Win against uh, Nashville, 9-29. Loss to the Islanders, 9-47. Win against the Rangers, 9-74. Win against the Jets, 9-62. On the year in games that he has won, he's posted a 9-48 save percentage. And in losses, he's posted an 8-74, which both, you know, the obviously makes sense you get impressive good goaltending you win games and impressive the other way <laughs> yes uh at home he's posting a 930 save percentage and he's 3-1 and 0 on the year uh in the month of january he's got a 922 save percentage samuel montombo is a completely different goalie from last year watching him make saves tonight there were there were points in this game that i'm so used to him from last year ago that puck is going in and nope quick glove or he's coming across and he's made the save I don't know what the Canadians worked with him on or if it was just needing to get healthy. Samuel Montembeau is playing absolutely bonkers good hockey right now. And you know what? When Jake Allen comes back, let them split the starts. Let Samuel Montembeau 
ride that hot hand right now because he's earned it. He's been really good when the when the chips have been up against the Canadians here. And it's it's hard to not feel good for the guy, especially with all the crap he put up last year. Uh, Samuel Montembeau has been really good this year, like really, really good this year. You absolutely love to see it. He's a really good guy and we're very, very happy for him. But speaking of chips, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. As you know, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl to basketball and everything else. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which you know you do because you're listening to this one, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. And we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline where the game starts all right scott we talked about samuel montambo but there were so many players who had a good game tonight and honestly it was a really good one for the scouts or for kent hughes rather if there were any scouts in the building because some of the players that we're looking for the habs to trade uh seem to have bounce back games so why don't we start with Evgeny Dodonov. He's been a frequent punching bag on this show because he hasn't put in the effort, really. Um, he, he hasn't seemed inspired out there. Like, we know that he's a good and capable player, but we haven't really seen much of that. We've seen a lot of, you know, not that great, and part of it has been who he's played with. But tonight, he had a fantastic game, and I know we're going to talk about Baron a bit later, but he had a great game uh, in against the Winnipeg Jets. Evgeny Dodonov... And I've said this a lot, but it got harder and harder to defend because there are some days that it looks like he's just some guy out there for a paycheck. Played extremely well tonight. And I noticed him right from the jump that he was getting opportunities. And his first goal, because I get alerts in our Slack chat to start recording, to clip the highlights, is I just watched him miss what looked like an open net going wide. And I went, well, that's just kind of been his luck. Well, Hopefully this isn't his only shift of the night that does that. And not even 10 seconds later, he's just blistering a one-timer by Connor Hellebuck and it's one nothing. And then another goal, right place, right time. It wasn't anything fancy. He's not dangling people or this or that. He's just, he was in the right places to make things happen tonight. And that's, that's all the Canadians need from him. I don't need Evgeny Dodonov to be a 30-goal scorer because, you know, quite frankly, that's expecting too much. Uh, Pierre Lebrun earlier this week mentioned that, like, no one was interested in Evgeny Dodonov. If he can put together efforts like that more consistently, like, if he gets, you know, up, he's up to, I think, four goals on the season. Yeah, it's not great, but a little bit of a hot streak does wonders for a lot of things. I thought Evgeny Dodonov was very good tonight. The downside to it is he's going to get overshadowed by everyone else who played really well, despite the fact he was, you know, he had two goals on the night and good for him. It's good to see some of those efforts get rewarded uh, for a guy like him this season. And you did say that he might have gotten overshadowed, but you know what? I, I still have faith in, in, in opposing teams to inquire about him based on this game. I'm going to cross my fingers for that. And another person who's kind of, you know, on the trading block essentially is Mike Hoffman and Mike Hoffman has had a couple of good games lately as well. And tonight was another one of those. 
Eric Engels pointed it out that Mike Hoffman seemed engaged all game. And I have noticed him. I've noticed him making efforts in the defensive zone through the neutral zone, even though it's not his area of expertise. And I don't think anyone's going to dispute that Mike Hoffman is not a defensive wizard. There's not a lot of people on the Canadians who I would consider uh, defensive wizards in this time and place, but his, his interplay with Kirby doc on his goal was amazing is that they are about a foot apart and they managed to play the puck through that gets Mike Hoffman, a clear lane to the net to then get a far corner shot in a far post shot in on Connor Hellebuck. Again, this is not a bad goalie they're playing against. They're playing against one of the best goalies in the NHL, and they carved him up with simple movement and tactics. And I think that that's the key out of all of this is that if the Canadians can keep it simple, they're probably going to have success. Yeah, a lot of young guys in the lineup, but they simplified their game tonight, and that suits Mike Hoffman just fine. It gives him the shooting lanes. Don't worry about trying to do too much and. There's still some odd passes here and there, but it doesn't matter because you're trying the effort. And I think that's the thing that I wanted to hone in on the most is that the effort was there for the Canadians tonight from the start. They were up in shots. I think eight, one before the first commercial break there, a full team effort yields good results. Whether you're Mike Hoffman, whether you're Cole Caulfield, Arbor Jack guy or Jordan Harris or whomever, when everyone is pulling in the same direction, the team gets results. And I, Martin St. Louis is speaking as we talk right now that you're obviously stronger together than apart. It can't all be individual efforts tonight. There were a lot of great individual efforts, but they were all part of a bigger whole team effort to get, you know, what is, I'm not going to say this is an important win because none of the wins really matter for the Canadians at this point, but a good feel good win for this team right now. And it was the same against the Rangers on Sunday night as well. It was a, a, a game that they played as a team. The individual efforts came together to form a cohesive unit. And, you know, we saw a great game against the Rangers. Obviously, they played better. If you're looking at the numbers, they played better against Winnipeg. But it's part of a pattern that I really, really like. And another pattern that I want to touch on real quick before we move on to the two the two players we wanted to focus a lot on uh, is really quickly Mike Matheson being back in the lineup uh, really helps. <laughs> what can I say? It really makes the team better. Completely different team. Completely different. And God bless David Savard and Joel Edmondson and Arbor Jacki and Jordan Harris and Justin Barron and all these guys. Mike Matheson is an established NHL defenseman who can do what he did. And the goal that Josh Anderson scored tonight, uh, which we should mention, is started because Mike Matheson just skated the puck out through the neutral zone, got it deep. Kirby Doc picked it up from there. It, it was a lacking part of their transition game. And it's something that, admittedly, Jeff Petrie used to do a lot for this team. And obviously, they were swapped for each other. Missing him due to injuries through no fault of his own hampers what if your offense can't transition out of its zone and it's a lot of off the glass and out, your team suffers a little bit. They have guys who can skate the puck. We saw Edmondson do it tonight. We've seen Jordan Harris do it a lot. We've seen Justin Barron do it. Having Mike Matheson be that guy to help facilitate that changes the way your offense attacks. They are no longer just off the glass countering. They can skate out three, four deep and make plays happen on the odd man rush or push defenses back and create odd man situations there 
Mike Matheson and that I know he has his warts and he has his flaws and everything else. He changes the entire complexity of this team. And yeah, this year doesn't make much of a difference. They're still going to be bad, but he's a perfect mentor for some of these younger guys coming up to play in that style there. Justin Barron can learn a lot from him. What can Lane Hudson learn from Mike Matheson in the near future? Probably a lot. And that's not to say of, you know, the guys we haven't talked about Logan Mayu, whose thing is getting hockey IQ down there. Mike Matheson reads the game well and can make good decisions with the puck. If you impart some of that knowledge, you have the physical talents to make those things work. He's a very good model for what a lot of these puck moving young defensemen can be in this. And if that can get instilled in more players, the Canadians defense is going to be so much fun in the near future. And I don't, and I've completely forgotten Caden Gooley, who was out injured. Okay, I'm sorry. Please don't yell at me on Twitter about this. It's so nice to have him back. I'm hoping he didn't rush back because I want him to be healthy because it's clear he really is the uh, the straw that stirs the drink when it comes to the Canadians' defense right now. I Kay might not yell at you, but I will yell at you. Um, I would actually, except it's been so nice to hear you like say nice things about all these players. I've been I've just been sitting here listening. I'm like prompting Scott to talk, and then I'm quietly letting him talk. And I'm going to let him talk a little bit more about our favorites uh, or our our like our fan favorite Arbor Jackeye and Justin Barron, which is a favorite topic. But he had a great game tonight, and we're going to talk about that in just one second here on Locked On Canadians. All right, so I know we want to get to Arbor Jackeye, and we will. We will keep the fans waiting. We will keep the Arbor Jackeye fans waiting, and we too are Arbor Jackeye fans. But there's a couple of players that we still have to mention. Justin Barron, in front of his parents and his brother, uh, had, oh my God, and we forgot Kirby Doc. Let's start with Justin Barron, and then Kirby Doc, and then we'll talk about Jackeye. So Justin Barron had an amazing night. Um, He's a player that has puzzled us a lot some people really think that he's the real deal some people have absolutely no hope for him at all I think the truth is somewhere in the middle uh, as he's been displaying he played really well in the AHL Um, he was called up to Montreal and a lot of people felt that he hadn't done enough to kind of grab that opportunity by the horns and I think that he had a fantastic game tonight like if you look at the work that he did obviously he has the two assists to prove it but if you look at the work that he did to generate those goals that I think you can't discount that. I think that's you saw flashes of what you wanted to see from him, which is offensive creativity. And he finished the night with the third highest expected goals for percentage on the team behind Josh Anderson, who scored a goal and Kirby doc who set up two goals. So I liked what I saw from Baron tonight and that he is still a work in progress. He has some defensive warts to work out and he was doing better uh, ironing those out with the rocket, obviously duty calls and it's next person up to help fill in the lineup here. Both of his assists are what you want to see. Uh, the second one that led to, and I believe this is, I can't, I don't think I'm trying to remember what the second goal was and I can't think of it off the top of my head. So I apologize. It might've been, um, Hoffman's goal. I think that led to doc and Hoffman interchanging is Baron deep in the defensive zone, making that pass to Kirby Doc in transition. Having confidence to make that breakout pass comes from earlier in uh, the game when he set up to Donoff. He went cross zone 
from the left point to the upper right, you know, goal line, basically. Dodonov was not in the faceoff dot. He went cross seam, and he didn't saucer it in there. He didn't put it in there lightly. He lasered that pass right into Dodonov's wheelhouse to score that. And that's confidence in what you are doing. That's a play I've seen him make with the Rocket. This is not, you know, playing the Cleveland Monsters or the Belleville Senators. This is playing the Winnipeg Jets, the top team in the NHL Western Conference. And he's going out there and lasering passes to a dude that many people didn't think could score a goal like that this season. I'm so happy to see Justin Barron's growth in that he is not a done product. He is 21 years old. There is still growth to be made there. And that applies to a lot of these younger guys. But confidence is so important for these young guys. That's why a win like this, you went out there and you did all these things right and you got to win. Hell yeah, good for you. If they lost this game, you you kind of question, what co- what else can I do? And doubt creeps in on that. And for these younger players, that's what you want to see. You want them to I, – and I know we weren't going to talk about Jesse Yolen in this, but I said on Twitter, he tries things. He tries high-risk, high-reward plays. He tries to get that open space. He has the confidence in himself to do that, and that is what I want. That is that creativity I want. Yeah, Mike Hoffman can shoot the puck. Yeah, Josh Anderson is fast. Jesse Ullinen wants to try to cut through the middle and dangle around guys and put shots on target from weird angles. Having the ability to try different things makes you a much harder target to cover. And Justin Barron lasering cross-seam passes across, diagonally across the entire offensive zone makes you a nightmare to cover for forwards because you might be in the right spot, but if he passes that right through your legs, there's no guarantee whoever's there is going to expect that and not it going sideways or around the boards like you see so many times here. And I am getting in to my positive feelings tonight on this podcast. How about some more positive feelings for Kirby Doc? That like What can you say? Like that what can zone you say? entry. <laughs> zone entry. Honestly, he's, he's so good at the numbers things. I just love all of the things that he does. And I, I, I also love how removing him from that Suzuki and Cole Caulfield line, <laughs> I don't love that it made them not score a single point, but I love that it made the other players better, the players that he played with better. That's what we want to see from Kirby Doc. That's why they got him, is that they could put him on any line and he can make his line mates better. He can give the line mates the ability to create offense by creating space for them by doing the little things correctly. And the thing about it too, is I look at Kirby doc and tonight, one of my biggest questions was, can he play away from Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield in that it reminds me of the old Hoosters, the Tatar Gallagher to line, you know, in terms of possession, the answer was apparently all three of them in some way, shape or form. But I look at this in that if Kirby Doc is managing a second line very well, and he did against the Rangers, he did against the Islanders, and he's done so against the Jets here, that's not three easy teams, and Kirby Doc has been a focal point for that. Ken Hughes put his neck on the line when he made that trade. 13th overall for Kirby Doc is a big risk, and it's paying off. He's got a new career high in points. He's going to set new career highs in other categories here throughout the season. He's everything they could have hoped for right now. And it allows them to ease 
their Owen Beckson stuff into this lineup. Now they don't have to be like, for the love of God, please be ready at this point. And I know we talked about it before, but I look at what they've done with Kirby doc and integrating him and his play style and his possession style. And I, and that's why I go, it's why I want them to trade for Yessi Pugliarvi because he could fit so well on that line and just cycle teams and open space. Kirby doc loves to go for a skate and circle the net there and use that long reach. You're going to give him Yessi Pugliarvi who can go the other way or Uri Slavkovsky. That's a lot of dude to cover. That is a lot of dude. That is a lot of dude upwards and wideways and ev- it's a lot of dude in every direction and good luck. Honest to God, just good luck even trying at that point because it's you're going to look that way, six foot four Finn. You're going to look that way, six foot three, you know, Canadian. You're going to look that way. It's a six foot six, you know, Slovak who's grinning at you as he scores his seventh goal of the season. Like, it's why I want it to happen. And it's because I trust Kirby Doc to be the catalyst on these lines now. It's it really is looking like a, a masterclass by Kent Hughes so far. And obviously Frank Nazar has not played for the university of Michigan here due to injury. So it's early on that, but it's hard to not love what Kirby doc has brought to this team. And finally things that are hard to not love Arbor Jack. Eye. Scott, the only reason I really wanted to bring up Arbor Jack eyes, cause I love talking about Arbor Jack. Eye. but you had a pretty astute tweet about him earlier. Yeah, uh, Arbor Jackeye is just the most fun I think I've had. I've seen a player be. Is that I think it was 18 months, two years ago almost at this point. He showed up at rookie camp. No one knew who the hell this guy was, how to pronounce his name. He's got a ton of penalty minutes, not a lot of points. What is this? A month later, he left with a three year entry level contract, ended up being you know wearing a letter for both teams he played for in the ohl ended up in the final of the memorial cup they won the ohl title of the hamilton bulldogs and i thought okay there's still work to be done there's still work to be done makes the nhl roster out of camp where he had a uh eventful uh preseason just ask anyone who's in buffalo including myself and I don't think I've ever seen someone go from like unknown person to cult hero quite as fast as Arbor Jack. I has people love this dude and it's not hard to see why he got in that fight with Adam Lowry at the end of the game after, you know, roughing up Mark Shifley a bit, the coward Mark Shifley a bit. And then after that fight, end of the game, he's tired. He grabs, you know, the logo on his chest. He's beaten on that. He's giving it a tug and he walks into the, he's going into the hallway behind there and he, you know, gives his hair a slick back. We talk about confidence. I don't think anyone, uh, Arbor Jack is lacking confidence. I think he took PK speech to heart about what it means to wear that crest and everything. Dude gets it. And he's a fan favorite for a reason. And I, I'm not, I don't want to be prone to hyperbole, but this is the kind of thing that, if you can keep that development going legitimately an impressive find by Mark Bergevin's like amateur scouting staff, whoever it was that saw something in him and has allowed that to grow. And then the staff they have in place now, it's an impressive win for Montreal Canadians development. Like truly. Absolutely. I just, I can't get enough of him. Like I just absolutely cannot. And I know a lot of our listeners as well. And this has been a really 
fun episode. It's been a long time since we've been able to say just good things. Like like only good things except for two injuries, uh, three injuries. But that's been fun. Uh, and I hope the Canadians give us a little bit more of this. But in the meantime, you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And you can hit that bell to make sure that you are notified every time we have a new episode. In the meantime, you can also follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Scott is at Scott Matlin. I am at The Active Stick. You can also email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Do not forget your mailbag questions. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.